Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. It is another podcast, the Do You Believe in Miracles podcast, backing up www.relivethemiracle2020, the 40-year reunion, 40-year anniversary of the 1980 gold medal winning hockey team coming to Las Vegas, Nevada, February 22nd. It's going to be a whole weekend extravaganza with the Golden Knights. All the players that can make it are going to be there. Um, everybody that's associated with the team, some people that are associated with the movie, all going to be at Thomas and Mack Center. We're looking forward to it. We're bringing you the highlights coming up to it. We've got four more players to talk about tonight. Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona, my co-host on College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and also on this podcast, Paul Hornstein. We are reliving the miracle every two weeks, Paul. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's crazy, though, isn't it? I mean, it's it really so is. close now. We've gone through so many players. We've got four more, great more players to talk about tonight. More Minnesotans, because that's all there are. Well, stop it. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, it's, you know, they were, you know, from, most of them, Minnesota and Massachusetts. So let me know, see if I remember who I said we were going to talk about. We talked about uh, Robbie McClanahan. Right. We talked about Eric Strobel. That's right, yeah. Jack sure. O'Callaghan. Yeah. Um, I'm missing one. Who am I missing? Uh, Mark Johnson. Mark, Mark Johnson. John. How can I forget Mark Johnson? I don't know. You he tell was, me. He, I know. He wasn't from Minnesota. He wasn't well, from Minnesota. Well, it's only hockey royalty, you know. Yeah, I know. I get it. So. All right. So, as I said in the open, um, Relive the Miracle 2020, a great event going on at Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas. We're hoping to be there, all of us including my co-host from New York. We're going to figure out a way to get him out there for the weekend, celebrate his birthday in Vegas. It's been a while since he's been there, so he needs to see what it's like. Um, so we'll get him out there. We'll, uh... 87? Wow. I was there for five hours. Wow. Well, you're there going to be for... there for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and leaving on Sunday. How about that? I walked into I walked yeah. into McCarran Airport with $100 in my pocket. And I walked out with $100 in my pocket. So as far as I'm concerned, that's winner, a win. winner, winner, yeah. winner, chicken dinner, as the expression goes. I <laughs> uh, made enough to pay for a cab ride and a meal and walked out with the same amount of money as I had going in. Uh, ASU was playing Cal that weekend in football, and it actually was cheaper for us to stop in Vegas. So me <laughs> and the guy I was with uh, did, and... Uh, I learned a lot about playing blackjack that weekend, too, so <laughs> for that five hours. Uh, all right. It's going to be a really fun weekend. Let's jump right into it. Let's jump off. Who do you want to start with, Paul, out of those four well, that I gave you tonight? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if we can figure out which Minnesota guy to start with, because it's not like there's not there, there's too many of them. Let's start with Robbie McClanahan. Uh, you want to start with McClanahan? All right. I was going to start with Eric Strobel, but uh, we can do that. Okay. Um, now i got to re- rework my... Uh, okay, paperwork. let's start with Strobel. Let's start with Eric right. Strobel. You ready with him? Um, let's start with yeah, him. we're ready with him. You know, uh, shockingly, he was uh, a Minnesota guy and uh, was on a couple of national championship teams with Minnesota. And, you what? know, I, I know. I know that that hurts your bulldog heart, but... Uh, a little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, a little bit. He was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres and... Uh, he's one of the guys that didn't really have a pro career after the Olympics, uh, mostly because of injuries. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
those things happen when you play. Um, we forget that not everybody on this team or, you know, those of us that that uh, were around then, you know, you think, you know, we know of the guys that made it in the NHL and we just kind of, I don't want to say forget the guys that didn't make it into the NHL um, because not everybody did. Uh, but, you know, Strobel, you know, everybody had a role on this team. Yeah. That's they, probably they, what you can say about that team more than anything was everybody had a role and everybody, uh, everybody's role was well-defined and they played that role the entire tournament, the entire well, Olympic tournament. You know, and, and, you know, obviously some guys will get the, 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 the publicity because partially because of the position they played partially because of, 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 you know, personalities, but everybody had a role. And, you know, when Kerb Brooks put this team together, uh, that, that was part of what he had in mind. They didn't really, um, you know, they didn't, he, he didn't go for the superstars on every team. Uh, there were a couple of guys at that point that were, um, considered top college players that uh, didn't make the team, you know. Uh, Strobel only had a couple of points in the tournament, um, but, you know, once again, that wasn't his really his role. Uh, a couple of the guys that we're going to talk about later, those were, that were their roles on this team, but somebody had to check, somebody had to kill penalties, somebody had to uh, uh, have that role of, of being the third and fourth line guys whose job was to, you know, do what third and fourth liners do. And so is it fair to say that we can call Eric Strobel a grinder? He was, well, for this team, yes. Yeah. You know, for this team, he was definitely, uh, uh, you would label him the grinder. He played in all seven. You know, most of the guys, there weren't too many guys that had to sit out uh, because of injury. Uh, and you're not allowed to replace a guy in the Olympics either. Yeah. So if a guy gets hurt, you're screwed, you yep. know, um, you know, so, you know, after hockey, he became a sales executive, but, uh, you know, uh, it's a pretty good deal when you win a national championship and an Olympic gold medal, right? On the most yeah, I'll take it. Ever, right? I'll take it. So, um, he was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres, um, as most of these guys were drafted as you as we've said in, in previous podcasts, this was really that first level of American players that were even considered that were really drafted. Uh, right. we, you know, that's another thing as well. You know, this team put the legit, I don't want to say the legitimacy, but opened up eyes because now all of a sudden, hey, wait a minute, you mean Americans can play as well as Canadians? Yeah, exactly. You know, or on that level. And that didn't happen before this. Even though a lot of these guys were drafted, you don't have too many of these guys that were first-round picks. They were eighth-round picks and ninth-round picks and 13th-round picks. So, uh, you know, once again, everybody on this team had their place in history uh, because of uh, what they did not just for that team but for the game itself. So, Absolutely. Okay. Eric Strobel. Uh, another right. valuable member of the uh, 1980 gold medal winning hockey team, which will be in Las Vegas, Nevada, February 22nd. One more time. We're getting so close to it, Paul. I can almost feel it. It's you can go. You away. need to go. You need to go. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Let's go to another Minnesota. Let's go to Rob McClanahan. 
Minnesotans. I don't want to do Minnesotans. Can we? Uh, <laughs> oh, we don't really have a whole lot of choices. No, of this. no you don't. There's not like uh, it's not like uh, there were too many players that weren't. And I'm just giving you a hard time, as you know. So, yeah, I know. But, uh, uh, so, uh, so Rob McClanahan, another Minnesota Golden Gopher. Yeah, he, um, ma- he imagine uh, he uh, won a national championship with the Gophers too. So, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, he, um, you know, he was one of their top line players. He was time for the team lead in goals in the tournament, him and uh, one of the other guys we'll talk about today, Mark Johnson, but, uh, McClanahan, uh, played some time in the, in the NHL. Uh, he played for the, the Buffalo Sabres. He played for that team in Manhattan that I don't always want to acknowledge. Um, <laughs> And played for a team I will always acknowledge at some point. Anybody that played for the Hartford Whalers when they oh. were actually in Hartford <laughs> right. and not yeah. in Raleigh or wherever the heck they are now, uh, there's okay in my book, you know. So, uh, but he, you know, he played four seasons in the NHL, uh, you know, uh, and got you know about three dozen goals in his in his seasons. Played uh, 200 games. You know that's that's not too bad. Uh, he was drafted originally by the Sabers in the and I can't I got to learn to print bigger. He was a third round pick. So, um, but he was instrumental. Uh, if you remember the movie, um, as you know, I was waiting for that. Hollywood uh, takes a little poetic license. Like if you remember the movie, and I remember this question being asked in an interview. That scene where the teams kind of cross paths, or at least the two, the Tikhonov and 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 Herb Brooks cross. That didn't really happen. It was good poetic and dramatic license. Oh yeah, you know? had to. Um, which is fine. Um, and you know, one of the questions that that I would want to know um, if, if I got a chance is the, when when the movie puts that scene in the locker room. I want to know just how accurate that was with the two of them yelling at each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just really You're dying curious. to hear that. I am. I, I really the, am. It's just, you know. Um, one of the things that uh, you're going to be able to experience in Las Vegas, Nevada, yeah. because that's what it's all about. It's getting these guys to talk about those types of things. You know, and what there are there's so many of, like, we know a lot of the stuff in that movie because uh, Herb Brooks was actually a consultant on that movie before he passed away, uh, which was literally after all the filming was done for the movie um, when he had the uh, vehicular accident that that cost him his life. Um, so those are the kinds of questions that that pique my curiosity. You know, I'm trying to write down some questions that I want to ask a bunch, you know, like a, a, a bunch of across the board questions um, and not really knowing everybody that's going to be there. Um, it's, it's hard to make up other questions, but uh, I, I, you know, that's uh, that's one of the early scenes in the movie that happened during the, the game against Sweden. Yeah, uh, where yeah. he got the Charlie. No, we know he got the Charlie horse. That did we? Yeah. We know that that yep. did happen. Okay, 
and and I'm sure that there was some sort of I don't want to say confrontation. Uh, we know there was some question as to whether or not he'd be able to play uh, in the rest of the game. And I believe, you know, once again, another question, uh, He he most of that game when he wasn't on the ice, he was standing on the bench because he, yeah. he couldn't sit down. So, right. you know, these are these are interesting little factoids and, 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 and interesting kinds of things that uh, – uh, that that definitely piqued the curiosity. Um, I, you know, I know there's been a thousand interviews with the filmmakers and so forth and so on. Um, and like I said, with Hollywood, you, you, you're never a hundred percent sure uh, what's poetic license and dramatic license. But uh, you know, things like Good that. Point. You want to you want to know just how accurate. You know. Well, also, keep in mind that when you start talking about the accuracy about it is, you know, these guys traveled together for a better part of a year playing yeah. games. And a lot of things happened and memories were jogged a little bit. And, and can you imagine if you're trying to document your life for an entire year? Oh, no, I, the lives of 25 guys that ask, were traveling ask around. Me to document my life in the last four <laughs> hours. <laughs> right. So, so Rob McClanahan had a great career at the University of Minnesota. He was, I, I can always remember him as, as being just a dynamic offensive force, and he carried it on into the 1980 yeah. gold medal team. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he's, he's one of your diehard Minnesotans, right? He grew up playing on the, uh, the outdoor rinks and right. wanted to be a gopher of all things. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't want to have been a bulldog. But he wanted to be. Yeah, you're, you're so, asking the wrong one. I don't know. So, so we'll give him that. But uh, he kept it in Minnesota. At one point in time, Paul, I don't know if you knew this, but you couldn't be from outstate Minnesota and be a Minnesota Golden Gopher. They only recruited Minnesota players to play on that hockey team. It went on for years, and when they finally took guys that were from outstate, they were few and far between. Still are, but they still go out now just for the competitive advantage that they would like to have again uh, to get them. But for the most part, Minnesotans were all that were on that roster at the University of Minnesota, especially in the 80s and 90s. Uh, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It's not like, why would you, you know, if you had enough talent in your your home area, so to speak, why would you need to go outside? Yeah, exactly. All right. Let me ask, here's a a question I have for you before we finish. Sure, sure. where is Blake High School? Blake is uh, just outside of the Twin Cities suburb. Okay. So it's uh, there's a lot of schools in the Minneapolis St. Paul suburb area. So right, obviously. Uh, yeah, so it's just outside of the Twin Cities, but in the Twin Cities metro area. Okay, because that's what McClanahan's doing right now. He just started coaching this season. Oh yeah. At yeah. Blake High School. So look for them to be very good soon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if they are now or not. I don't know, but uh, I, I haven't kept track of it. But now that you brought that up, that's an interesting thing for me to jump into and start doing a little research on because I got nothing else to do with my life. So well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's jump on. We're going to save Mark Johnson for last, so that leaves okay. us with Jack O'Callahan as our a uh, third member this week. Uh, give us a, a little rundown on Jack O'Callahan. He's from out in your neck of the woods a little bit. Uh, let's see. We can get you exactly. Means he's not from Minnesota. Charleston, Mass. I'm sure I'm screwing up that accent. <laughs> but uh, oh, do we know anybody from Mass that can give us some correct 
pronunciation. I'm sure you might be able to find a couple. <laughs> I think uh, I know. I think I know a BC man that can do it. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, leave it at that. Leave it at that. Uh, he knows. Um, Jack uh, uh, was was it was an interesting call for the team administration because he got hurt yeah. in that. 10-3 lost the exhibition game uh, in Madison Square Garden, and they weren't sure he was going to be able to play at all Yeah, in the tournament. And as we said earlier, you lose a guy on your roster in this tournament, you can't replace him. No. Nope. So they really took a leap of faith with O'Callaghan that he would be ready at some point during the tournament. Um, you know, uh, so... Um, you know, and, and, and it worked out because, uh, and he actually got, if you look at some of the, his photographs is probably one of the more iconic, uh, mm -hmm. photographs, uh, taken from that game against the Soviets, where you see him with his arms raised in the air and the really long hair, the wet, sweaty hair. And, um, you know, he didn't, uh. The epitome of a champion, I call that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, um, you know, he was, he was, he was one of the key players on that team. He was, you know, he was a, a big defenseman there with Kenny Morrow um, and was, you know, kind of expected to have a big giant role in the tournament. And as it, as it went on, he kind of did, but uh, they weren't sure there at first because it was, uh, it was touch and go there. So, you know, and a lot of a lot of people forget about that. But Craig Patrick, the general manager, and Herb Brooks had a real, a real bit of a puzzle putting together to get this yeah. team together because they had, like you say, they they couldn't replace guys. So you had to go with who you had, and you had to try to make it work. And you know, that's a lot of things that gets overlooked, especially by people that weren't witnessing the actual tournament or the build up to it. So one of the things I like to do is go to the 1980 Miracle Twitter account. Because right. they recap everything. They have been for Every the day. entire year. Yeah. yeah, there's always something new about where they were, what they did, who was a standout, whose birthday it was. I mean, all kinds of stuff like that. So that's somewhere you can kind of catch up on it. But that's one of the things that, that was in the past that you might want to follow up on is just see how they, this team was constructed and uh, how they put those pieces together. Tell me a little bit about uh, what Jack O'Callaghan is doing these days. Well, it's it's funny because, uh, of course, he was one of the few uh, Massachusetts guys on this team. Um, you know, after he played his seven years in the NHL uh, for the Blackhawks and the Devils, um, you know, as a lot of these guys did, they got into the finance world. And, uh, you know, the research says, uh, I'm sure it's accurate. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, unless they're. He actually started his own financial company um, with one of the last guys that was cut uh, from the from the team. Not Ralph Cox. He was the last guy cut. But yep. uh, Jack Hughes was one of the last guys cut uh, from that roster. And the two of them got together after, you know, O'Callaghan was done playing and started their own business. So, uh, you know, you know, back then, these hockey players, even if you uh, made the NHL, weren't paid what they're getting paid now. No, you know, not, no not even you know, close. You know, not seven years in the 
seven years in the NHL now gets you a pretty nice nest egg. Um, You know, unless you are uh, on the lower end of the pay scale. Uh, but if, usually, if you're in the league seven years, you've you've got at least one decent paycheck uh, yeah. that can help you put the, the money aside. Um, so, uh, you know, but uh, you know that's what he's been doing, and you know, all right. So, so there, there we go. Now we know about Jack O'Callahan. Let's finish things up with uh, inevitably one of the big stars, right? Yeah. And you you got to go with Mark Johnson, uh, the Madison, Wisconsin product. University well, how do you end up on this team? Yeah, how would that happen? How'd that happen? How do you end up on this team? <laughs> that Lord. tells you how good he was because oh, he Lord. caught Herb Brooks's eye as a player at the University of Wisconsin, and uh, Herbie had to have him, and what a vital role he played the entire tournament. But give us a little rundown on Mark Johnson well, and his first of all, First of all, I mean, he he was the leading scorer on the team. He, he had five goals and six assists. Um, and I know that this is all stuff to look at. It's not like this is coming out of my memory. You know, I'm looking stuff up too. But uh, the goal he scored against the Soviets with one second left. He had the speed and he really caught. One of the things about this team is uh, at a certain point, they started to catch the Russians, the Soviets off guard with just how fast they were. Yeah. It's not that the Soviets weren't fast, um, but first of all, you know, a lot of those Soviet players had been on two or three Olympic teams already. And, yeah. you know, and, and and these guys were 22 years old and, uh, you know, they had the young legs. And, and, I, and sometimes you watch and some of the plays that get made, I don't think that the Soviets were ready some of the speed that this U.S. team had. And, you know, Johnson was one of those guys. And, he, you know, that might have been the biggest goal in that game. I know we we can talk about Buzz Snyder scoring the game-tying goal and Arruzzioni scoring the game-winning goal. But that goal with one second left started to put some doubt in the Soviet mind. I mean, yeah, they, pulled, yeah. they pulled Vladislav Tretiak after that game. Not that Vladimir Mishkin was a bad goalie. He shut out the NHL 6-0 the year before <laughs> yeah. to win the that that exhibition series. Um, but, uh, I, 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 you know, if you look back at it, um, this was such an unusual situation for the Soviets. I think they panicked. Yeah, I think they did. I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, listen, I have 40 years of hindsight. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, when you think about it, maybe they did panic a little bit because they weren't, especially after they just kicked their butts two yeah. weeks before, 10 to 3. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, uh, let me throw out and, a couple things about Mark Johnson. Uh, for those and, that don't and, know. He is hockey royalty. Yes. Um Badger Bob Johnson, his uh, his father, who's passed away now, um, ran the University of Wisconsin program uh, and USA Hockey. He was in his hands involved in everything that had to do with USA Hockey. Uh, great rivalries that I remember between Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, North Dakota, and Wisconsin. Um, I, I my memory bank is just overflowed with things that. Bob Johnson had a uh, part in, and Mark was a standout at the University of Wisconsin. Now he's contributing, doing what, Paul? 
uh, he's coaching the women's team at Wisconsin. Yeah, and doing a you know? fantastic job, I might add. Um, you know, and let's, um, you know, let's not forget, uh, you know, he played 11 years in the NHL. It's took 200 goals. It's not like, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. you know, it's not like he had a, you know, he had one of the longer careers. Um, he won a national championship, too. I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that just about everybody on this team except Morrow and 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 and, and uh, Wells that went to Bowling Green won some sort of national championship. Um, uh, Johnson was the first player to have his number retired at Wisconsin. Um, he played uh, for Pittsburgh and Minnesota, Hartford, uh, St. <laughs> Louis, and New Jersey. Um, let me and let me interject goals. this. This is kind of unique how this all intertwines with the desert. Southwest is that he had is the first player to have his number retired at Wisconsin. Where are yeah. the Sun Devils going to be on the twenty second of February? Uh, I believe in Wisconsin. Yeah, you're right. It all comes back together. It always folks. does. Always does. Always does. You know, and, we go on. You and know, on let's from- let's and, and and if you want to get a real feel for um, Johnson's playing level ability. Um, it's a different sport, but Johnson's nickname. Go ahead. Oh, I'm asking if you remember. No, go ahead. Magic. He was the magic man. <laughs> he was the hockey version it, of Magic it, Johnson. Because uh, he could do what with the puck? Uh, all kinds of stuff. And yeah, listen, he could make a dance. You know, he, he, he could. And like Magic said, Mark scored, Johnson. Scored maybe the biggest goal in that game against the Soviets. Um, for a lot of different reasons, uh, it's easy to call out the winning goal as the big goal, but you have to get to that goal in yep. order to. And he Very was the engine point. that made that team run. He was he was the maestro. He was the guy that that you know the whole offense ran through. Absolutely, we wrapped up four more great players. There's more to come, folks. We got another two weeks, and we'll be uh, we'll be sitting down with another group. We're as we get ready. I know. We're well because we're getting close, Paul. I mean, oh. February twenty second is not too far away. <clears throat> so yeah, we're we, uh, we're working on it. It's going to be a, a great show, as uh, as you would expect in Vegas, the city of uh, all kinds of good, fun things to do. So uh, we'll look, we're looking forward to relive the miracle twenty twenty dot com. Get there to get your tickets. Get there to uh, see all the information, get some memorabilia, buy some really good experiences. You can buy tickets, I think, still that are like right up close or a table and special things that you can get with it. So if you have any questions at all, get to the website. It's all answered there. Stay tuned for our podcast every two weeks. If you missed any of them, get back back and listen to them because there's some great stuff that Paul and I have uncovered about the teams leading up to it. A couple of things I want to throw out in the last three minutes we have here, Paul, but um, keep in mind this was Olympic hockey. When you're talking about the speed of the Olympic team, this is on the Olympic ice sheet, right? Right. This isn't the NHL stuff. No, no, no. This is the 200 by 100. Yeah. So uh, these guys, when you're talking about speed, they had speed and room. And that's what uh, was pretty impressive for guys that grew up not on Olympic ice sheets at that time. Well, no, I, so, I, some of the schools had Olympic sheets at that time, some, didn't Some they? did, but not a lot. There not all. There were a lot of Olympic sheets because that wasn't a big thing for uh, growing up as youth, you know. Yeah, uh, well, in, I, in don't, Europe, I don't really, yeah. Russia, yeah, they were used to it. Right. 
See, I, I, at, at that, at that point, the thought of, you know, at that point, 40 years ago, the thought of uh, an Olympic size ice sheet didn't really kind of enter my consciousness. Right. Uh, you know, really. You and a whole that. bunch of other people. You know, I, to me, ice was a, I played on roller skates and concrete. What the heck did we know about ice? Right. <laughs> ice was and, something in our cups. Yeah. The other thing I want to tell you is that, uh, you know, we're dealing with two different groups. I've said this on every show. I'm going to continue to say it. You and I witnessed this, in, in, you know, on tape delay. But there's so many people that never really fully grasped it until they saw Miracle, the movie. And that's when you're bringing these two groups together. They're bringing the movie side with the realistic side. You're putting them together with a bunch of guys now that are in their 60s. Yeah. <laughs> and, they're, and they're telling and reliving this over and over again as they have for years. But this is 40 years. We don't know what 50 years is going to bring. So if you, you want a chance to see hockey history, you've called it many times, not just hockey history, world just history. World correct? history. See, uh, yeah, because it, it, it changed a lot of things both on and off the ice. Um, one of the things, if you get it, you know, if you get a chance to do this, um, we know, I'm sure that most of the, the actors and that you know had a chance to talk to their uh, their counterparts, so to speak. Uh, I would be very curious outside of the Snyders, who were father and son. So yeah. you know, uh, very very curious to see uh, how uh, that interaction too, because that would be very interesting to listen to those guys tell the stories back and forth. Um, I believe that most of the guys in this movie. Uh, the, the, that play the act, that play the the athletes, were not really actors to begin with. They, you know, I think they, if I remember correctly, reading an interview with the producer, they wanted originally tried to get actors that could skate, and they realized. <laughs> Good luck on that. <laughs> well, it's not that they don't have them, but to get them to skate well enough to make the movie look yeah. realistic enough, right. they said, you know what, it's probably easier for us. And I mean, I'm quoting the, the producer. He said. You think it's easier for us to teach the skaters how to act yeah. than yeah. the actors how to skate at that level. So um, outside of the guy that played Jim Craig, uh, most of those guys were actual hockey players at some level going into the movie. Right. So, um, and just for those that don't know, the guy that actually plays Jim Craig in, this, in the hockey scenes Okay, and it's easy to do this, obviously, because he's wearing a mask, was a former NHL goaltender, Andy Moog, played for yeah. the Edmonton Oilers. And if I remember, once again, and I'm just, you know, I don't, I, I don't, Google is not my friend. I'm not good at that at all. But, you know, just in my memory bank from reading things, Moog said, you know, when these guys got me on the ice, it was like, I got a shot at getting a goal past an NHL goalie. I'm right. taking my shots. So, um those those are the those things I, I love those kinds of factoids you know those are that's great yeah, so, absolutely so. all right so that wraps up another episode of uh, do you believe in miracles the podcast you can get it anywhere you get your podcast make sure you go to college hockey southwest weekly though at podbean itunes because that's where you're going to find it it's in addition to our weekly series with college hockey southwest weekly so Get there, check it out. More importantly, get your tickets and see us in Vegas, February 22nd, 
2020. Relive the miracle 2020.com. Make sure you use the 2020. Yeah, so relive the miracle 2020.com. Because honestly, tickets, we only have your memorabilia and be there. Yeah, we only have one of these left. Absolutely. We only have one of these. There's only four more players and the two coaches. So yep. the next we're one will be a little bit longer. So, um, you know, we're getting close. The fact that we only have one left. We'll yeah, tell it tells you how close we are. Yeah, yeah. All right, Paul. Well, that wraps it up. Have a good evening. Thanks for spending the time talking hockey as always. We Love will it. be back with you in two weeks for another Do You Believe in Miracles podcast, Relive the Miracle 2020.com. For Scott Strandy, Paul Hornstein, have a great night. Have a good night.